0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Open for Business is powered by Bospolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. I'm Richard Bradbury and welcome to Open for Business. This is the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. Now, with the ever evolving landscape of logistics and distribution, companies in this sector face the ongoing challenge of providing high quality services at an affordable cost, all whilst trying to push the boundaries of innovation. And against this backdrop is Horfat Enterprises, a Malaysia based logistics company specialising in transportation services and warehouse management for cargo movement in the region. Borrowing uh, the concept from seaports, Horfat has now turned their plant into a logistics hub, which led them to be recognized as one of the fastest growing companies in Malaysia back in 2016. And now, with a second generation leader, the company holds a deeper vision for an eco conscious future. So, today on Open for Business, I'll be speaking with Lo Chun Hong, CEO of Horfat Enterprises on what it feels like to embrace the company's legacy, their unique business model, and what the future holds for Horfat Enterprises in 2024. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts or questions, you can WhatsApp our YouMobile well number at 18 or you can reach out to us on X at BFM Radio. Chun Hong, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for invite the invitations. It's good a, morning. Good morning indeed. Pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Uh, let's start off with the basic then. Of course, you are your father's son. Yeah. Now, uh, give me a little bit about your, your kind of background mm-hmm. a, and your experience before you stepped into the CEO role. Okay. Um, I mean, this is a family
0: business that you might have known. And uh, I was actively in the business since I was in school. Mm. And uh, it's been quite a journey um, with my family because it is a very small enterprise at first. And we go through the hard time together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have completed my studies and I'm a, I was a graduate uh, in University of London under the London School of Economic and Political Science. And the course that I took is uh, Information System and um, Management a big part on the management side and a lot more on sociology, social psychologies and organization theory. Mm. And I mean, the, the truth is that my dad never stopped me from doing what I wanted to do. And uh, I was given a free choice that, uh, I mean, I could work outside. I could be um, anyone that I, I want to be. And I mean, with the kind of um, leads and uh, motivations around me and I've decided to join the companies Mm. and to continue my journeys being actively in the company even Mm. though uh, I mean I was in school yeah and I mean it is difficult at first um, to continue the dreams by my dad Yeah, I mean he never thought that the company could come this far Mm -hmm. but he always had big, big dreams. And these dreams are our guidelines and visions for us to move forward to. And I'm very glad that um, he acts as a guide, guardians, and um, uh, a motivator uh, mm. of, of all four of us, our siblings. I have three sisters. And uh, and yeah, we, we, we are this far by now.
1: So you never felt compelled or, or pushed into doing... No, to becoming so uh, never. I, I mean, I even wanted to be a
0: doctor at first <laughs> because I did so well in my biology. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I even didn't expect that I could come. I mean, joining the part of uh, studying in business and management is, is always far from me because I didn't do that in my high school and no. uh, my secondary schools. It's always science subject. Mm. Yeah. Bit of a change then, right? It is a big change. And I never expect to love the subjects that I study. Yeah. And uh, I... I feel like I have found my way along um, my journey in universities and uh, I opened up my mind readings, you know, a lot of um, journals and studies, uh, especially in uh, sociology and organisation theory, mm. which helped me a lot, I mean, informing my team and uh, structuring the companies mm. into um, to have a more global sense.
1: Let, let's talk about... Um some of the challenges then that you you, you may have faced or, or may still be facing, stepping into your father's yeah. shoes. I mean, just outside, I was asking you when your father retired and you said it was towards the end of the pandemic, Yeah, uh, you know, and um, suddenly realizing somebody who's been involved since the very beginning of the business, you know, mm-hmm. who has, as you say, their own hopes, their own dreams of yeah. how the company should be. Mm-hmm. And then you come in and you don't want to kind of mess around too much with what they already had. But you know, at some point, that direction might have to shift. Some changes might need to be made. That must have been a difficult kind of process for you, understanding that. And I guess it could be difficult for your father, too. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: there are difficulties and challenges. But the most thing that we do here is that how do we convince the shareholders, which is my father's, and the stakeholders, which is uh, employees in the companies, um, to have a shift of their mindset and um, what, of what they are doing, of what they are feeling comfortable in mm. doing for very long times. And uh, I mean, throughout the taking over of the business, the challenges that we face is not just on convincing, but it's also in terms of the capitals. you yeah. know, we, we, we started from a very small company and we started from the ground and we do not have much capitals. Mm. So we have to look for banks. We have to look for investors, you know, to come in, funding to have more expansions of the business. And it is very challenging at first because we do not have the fine-tuned profile, yeah. you know, to showcase to the investor and the bank yeah. to really fund us in. And, 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 and I find that, you know, the we must break through this by really shaping up our companies into a unique and uh, standout company that is very, very different from others. And it actually leads me to the um, thoughts on what is business? Because business is not science. It is not art. And it is something that is in between to me. And uh, I'm a person that um, always having the dilemma to choose between a rational choice and to or to go with what I think and what I felt right. from from the heart itself, yeah. from your gut, almost yeah, from yeah. my gut, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I do realize that if I lean more to my gut, I tend to be more creative mm-hmm. and more innovative. And in that sense, I don't follow the uh, industrial best practice in the industrials. And it ends up showing some kind of differences in, in the industries. Mm. One of the key things that I did uh, when the first start uh, when I took took over the company was that um, I restructured the whole entire uh, company group and uh they are some certain thing that's shaken up the whole industry because no one is doing that. Um, what I did was uh, to go direct to the um, customers, which means we go downstream to the customers and proposing them uh, all in solutions uh, and rather than going through the intermediaries that it, was, it has been the practice in the industry mm. for very, very long times. Mm-hmm. And uh, by doing that, we actually shaken up the industry um, quite a bit and... Yeah, there are changes where my customers, they tend to see the differences going through and intermediaries and the differences of engaging uh, direct asset owners. And we actually, we we are able to do what the intermediaries are able to do because we are also a customs agency. We we do customs broker service as well. And we we maintain the
1: relationship with customs, um, Malaysias. Yeah. Did you feel at any point... um, challenge because you're younger than some of these people that you're dealing with as well. You know, they've been involved in this industry for a long time. They're obviously considerably older than you, I, I would argue, most yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I've seen this before in, in, in companies where a young CEO has come in and it's taken a while for these people to kind of warm up to this young person because they're like, oh, what does he know? He's just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have yeah. you had some of that as well? Of course. Of course. Who doesn't have
0: that? I mean, mm. I mean, throughout the journey, we always get rejections and, uh, you know, the doubts from people around is not just internal within Mm. the company, but it's also externals. Mm. And uh, people are doubting, why are we doing this? Why are we doing it in a different way? Why are we shaking up the industries? Um, Why are we cutting through the intermediaries? And also, why are we, um, you know, offering more values to the customers rather than, you know, like following the traditional practice? Mm. And there was one stereotype that people always had is that, I mean, you, when you are a ground transportation company, I mean, you are just someone who is managing trucks on the road and drivers and it that's that's it. But, you know, I don't agree with that because I do think that every business has a way to go breakthrough and, you know, being a professional. So, mm. which is why I continue my certificates uh, in having uh, certificates in logistic managers. And... I brought up a lot of my thoughts and uh, you know, what I've studied uh, into the business, into the solutions uh, proposed to customers, to let them know that we are not just a ground transportation company. We are a third-party logistic who is able to cater for their inbound logistics and outbound logistic activities um, by not just doing it, but proposing a better solutions, looking out for, um, you know, like technologies to use mm. uh, within that uh, to improve efficiencies and optimise, um, you know, the waste that was being done in the past. Mm.
1: Okay. Hold that thought. We need to take a short break. Yeah. Folks, uh, it's me, Rich Mabry, here on Open for Business. I'm speaking with Lo Chun Hong, the CEO of Fat uh, Enterprises, on what it feels like to embrace a company's legacy, a uh, unique business model, and what the future holds for the company in 2024. We'll be right back after these messages here on Open for Business on BFM 89.9. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Buggy Free Minum, BFM
0: 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business
1: is powered by Bospole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, the business station. This is open for business. I'm Rich Bradbury. It's the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. If you want to get in touch with this show, get us via our U Mobile WhatsApp number. is 018 We're on X at BFM Radio. If you're only just joining us, I'm speaking with Lo Chun Hong, CEO of Horfat Enterprises, on what it feels like to embrace a company's legacy, unique business model, and what the future holds for the company into 2024. Um, um, I want to ask, you know, now that your father's retired um, mm-hmm. and obviously you still go to him for advice and to discuss mm-hmm. it, how involved in the company is he going to be moving forward? Because he started this thing yeah. and we know that founders can yeah. never really walk away from their <laughs> company, right? I mean, I have to give credit to him because uh, he really
0: um, walked what he said and he really being a supportive um Advisors, mm. um, that does not stop me from what I want to do. And uh, I really do respect that. And uh, he is always one of my inspirations. And right now, he is just um, monitoring from uh, higher levels right. and uh, pointing out things that might go wrong based on his experience. And uh, that might save some of... Um, our wrong journey I would mm, say mm. and uh, it, but he is also a very good friend of mine at some point of times which sh- he will share a lot of news and uh, um, latest event that he saw on the internet because he does have a lot of free time right now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, through him, I, I get to know a lot more. It's not just by my own reading, but, you know, he's also getting me input with the ideas and also uh, concept that the uh, what are the logistic worlds and business worlds is moving mm, towards. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's talk about your ambitions uh, yeah. as CEO then. You know, what do you have planned or, or what do you want to see happen with the company?
0: Yeah. I mean, as leader for this company, uh, I always have the ambition to make it a very different company compared to our competitors. Mm. I mean, the key point is that we want to focus more on creativity and innovations that is not just from the management, not just from me, but it also down to the ground workers who is working you know, as the driver, as the uh, warehouse workers. So we always open up the um, opportunities for them to speak up in terms of their ideas, mm. what they feel in the mm. center of procedures, what can they improve. I mean, that's one of the key things that is uh, keep our company moving forward. Mm. And, you know, that is the kind of um, engagements that I always want to create um, within the companies mm. that is to showcase um, people around that uh, is not just a company that you know does uh, ground transportation, but mm. we also focus a lot on the educations with our staff. You know, we send them to trainings. Even myself, I do trainings for them uh, in order to motivate them to see what they can do in these companies and what are the objectives we can help them to achieve together. Right. And it's a human-centric company that I wanted to create. In terms of competitive Um, with the uh, competitors. Um, Like you mentioned uh, previously, we wanted to um, be uh, ecologistic operators in Malaysia, um, which is also something that a lot of people doubt in Malaysia because it seems impossible to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, imagine you have like all kind of assets running on the road, you know, emitting pollutions mm. to the air. So, but, you know, there they are progress that we set and also, uh, you know, objective that we set we want to um, achieve. I mean, we want to be a, the part of sustainability because I truly believe that um, being sustainable is not, is not just um, helping the company to stay longer, but it's also, I mean, for our community. Mm. Have you considered
1: electric vehicles at some point, maybe further down the line?
0: Yeah, but uh, I mean, we have uh, talked to a lot of vendors um, in uh, providing the electric uh, vehicles uh, in replacing our current um, diesel power vehicles. But the point is that um, we are in a stage where there are some... Uh, things that we couldn't do, I mean, in terms of operations. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, things involved in the operations. It's, not, it's just that the electric trucks that couldn't cater for, I mean, compared right. to the, the diesel. Not yet, at least, anyway. Not yet. Yeah. Okay. But what we have done uh, for the f- these five years, we have been self importing the higher standard emissions trucks um, from UK in replacing our current fleet. I mean, in a way to emit a cleaner air. Mm, mm. Because right now, if you have noticed, there's no uh, compliance in terms of emissions in Malaysia's and it is something that has been um, blackout out and uh, far away from compared to other Southeast Asia countries. We've, we've all been stuck behind a truck that's yeah. spitting out thick black smoke. And, exactly. Yeah. Imagine your child just sitting right behind. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it is true happening on the ground. And I, I always want to see the industrial change to have more awareness Towards the emission standards, okay. and which is why we have worked so hard to get in touch with Siri, with MOT, you know, to tell them that you know that is something that you need to do. It's not just you know by signing the Paris Agreement two the, years
1: back. The guidelines need to be there, and they, yeah. need, they need to be enforced, right? Yeah. Okay, can we just rewind a little bit and let's talk about when your father um, first started the company. What do you think was the, uh, the problem that he was trying to solve back then? And how do you think that that problem has changed now to where you are? Okay. Um, the problem that
0: he always faces, is
1: issue on volumes. Mm. Because, you know, back days, um, we no, are I very... Mean, I mean, he came into the industry to do what? You know, that, that's, that's kind of what I'm asking you. He, he's like, he just wanted to get into logistics. Was that the problem, the original problem that he was trying to solve? moving stuff from one place to another. (laughs) It's not just that, but um, there
0: are more because it is a very competitive industry. And, you know, the the, the competitions are bad to be to be frank. And you need to do something that is able to shine out in order to convince Mm. the um, users to shift over to you. And that's when we talk about and what he has problem with, you know, getting volumes yeah. in terms of, uh, shi- you know, shifting containers to one place to another place. And uh, I mean, the, the, the problems that he found is that he doesn't have the expertise um, in in logistics, you know, in terms of supply chain, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, customs. And I'm glad that uh, I went through the journey to make, I mean, I did a lot of studies and um it is something that um, what I present to my customers and makes them um, believe that we can create more value for them compared to other competitors. Mm. Imagine I'm actually competing with um, global logistic companies like DB Shankers, DHL Supply Chain. Mm. These are my true competitors right now. Um, you know, competing for you know contracts for. D- all kind of MNC right, right.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about this year then and, and some of the, the challenges that you see for yourself for this year. Um, this year
0: is all about uncertainty. It is a word that we use, I always use when people ask me about, you know, what do you see in 2024? Mm. Um, you know, the
1: Why do you say that? I mean, we had the pandemic 2019, 2020. That was the uncertainty. Yes. You know, now you you still use that word. Yes. I mean, this
0: word right now is even bigger than, you know, the time in COVID. Why do I say so? Because it was happening. Mm. And it's not just one place, multiple places. Mm. And just uh, last month back... Um, you know there was a Red Sea attack, yeah. you know happening, and it disrupted our supply chain because yeah. I have a lot of cargos going through the uh, Red Sea and to the Black Sea to Turkey, and uh, we 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 were forced to replan everything. We were forced to um, reconsult our customers in terms of the planning of uh, supply chains going moving cargos to the place to the destinations, mm-hmm. and. By having the shift of uh, planning and all uh, that, it's actually interrupting our plans and uh, you know the volumes that we we foresee, mm. and it is always um, a challenge to solve this uh, a supply and a demand question there eh?
1: yeah. yeah okay hold that thought we need to take another short break folks i'm here in the studio uh, of course with chun Hong, the ceo of horfat enterprises we'll be right back after these messages here on open for business here on bfm 89.9 the business station open for business will reopen in a few moments powered by BossBully.com, malaysia's first online company secretary behold freedom Malaysia. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbolay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Rich Bradbury. Welcome to uh, the show that dives deep into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. I'm here in the studio with Lo Chun Hong, CEO of Horfat Enterprises. Uh, We're talking about what it feels like uh, to embrace a company's legacy, unique business model, and what the future holds for the the company into 2024. Briefly, we were just touching on some of the... um, challenges for 2024 uncertainty mm-hmm. was the word that you, you yeah. use of course that's a, a word I'm familiar with especially during the pandemic and everybody was speaking about it but you're right in what you say you know logistics chains uh, chains have been broken all around the world because of uh, war in in one place or another um, i want to talk to you though of course uh, about revenue and like when when things are all over the place mm-hmm. uh predicting revenue is something that can be kind of difficult. Um, What's the kind of sense of your revenue growth since starting, I guess, um, the company back in the day? And what expectations do you have moving forward? Well, back in the days, it was... uh, Quite
0: low revenue, to be frank, because we couldn't get the volume. But right now, uh, last year, last financial year, we actually did 50 million revenue. Five zero? Yes, five zero in terms of group revenues. Uh, We have foresee the revenue to even grow further in uh, 2030 by 40% to 70 million.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to let that pause for a second so people can sit there and just like absorb that. Yeah. Okay. So what, what are the growth drivers that are helping you achieve this, this kind of revenue? Government policies. Government policies. Yes. How? <laughs> I mean,
0: it is uh, exciting because the origin place that I was uh, in. Johor, the state government is doing a very good job in attracting foreign direct investments. Mm. And these foreign direct investments is going to be our direct customers that directly input to our revenue growth. Mm. And by having more foreign direct investments in In the States or in the country, it actually helps the um, small, medium enterprise to big corporations to grow even further because we attract people to come here to do business. And it creates um, not just only monetary for us, but in terms of values, expertise, you know, the experience to grow. And the opportunities for us to reach out to a greater
1: extent. Mm. Yeah. Can you give me some kind of uh, sense of margins, profitability, uh, maybe you know future of your business model? Uh, it's going to be in
0: between um, eight to ten percent of profit margin. Okay. it's not huge. I mean, yeah. if you can, if you go out to good. like you say, volume <laughs> is good. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like volume speaks. Yeah, you know, so. It is something that we have to always be very careful with because mm. if we spend too much, there's a tendency of the profit margin to to go even lower. Mm. But, um, you know, I believe that uh, that is something that what we call as a long term investment, mm. especially in terms of the advanced technology and also in terms of sustainability. I believe these are the two key um, factors that is allowing us
1: to grow even further and to increase our profit margin. Talk to me a little bit about that. I mean, of course, I do a, a couple of other shows as well. So I do yeah. tech shows and one thing or another. So yeah. I'm, I'm very uh, aware of what AI can do and the, yeah. the software. and yeah. How are you kind of utilizing new technology and what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, and. I'm, I'm just trying to think about how your father would have looked at this <laughs> back in the day now. You know. Of course, we're looking at predictive stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of incorporating this into your business model moving forward? Yes, of course. It is a very key element, you know, in
0: coming years. Um, one of the key things that we do right now is actually we are building up a platform that is based on the concept of blockchain. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds interesting, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, blockchain is a concept that is able to fit in right into the supply chain concepts, mm-hmm. where we want to create a platform that we integrate and onboard every party in the supply chain mm. into a single platform that allows us to see um, transparency of data, transitions in between, we know who did what and what did what and you know we we don't lose the data in between and that shows a better way to foresee the demand that is coming. Blockchain is
1: ideal for logistics.
0: Yes yeah. and it is a way to um, to to, to to address the challenge that we have uncertainty, mm. how do we address that? Mm. Technologies mm. and blockchain is there. The technology is there. Mm. We just have to utilize
1: it. We have to get everyone on board. It's difficult at of this course, moment because yes. you have to convince them first what blockchain is yes. and explain it to them yes. in a simple way yes. where they get it. Right? Yeah. That, that's what I was studying for. Yeah. I studied sociology. I studied social psychology.
0: Mm. I'm good at convincing people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was talking to a few customers and they, they were very interested because mm-hmm. they have their standalone uh, ERP systems to manage their resources and planning of, uh, the you know, manufacturing. But then they haven't never thought that, uh, you know, they could integrate into a platform that connects to their suppliers, to their customers, and even to, like us, the logistic providers mm-hmm. in order to give them a true transparency. Mm-hmm. And we have we need to use that data from that transparency to create the AI models, right. to, for, to forecast on the you know, demand that
1: is coming, yeah. even though that is like something that hits right away. Okay, uh, before I let you go then, I, I suppose I've, I've got one uh, final question for you. Uh, and it's about your, your kind of long-term plans, um, your ambitions, not just as a CEO, but as a company as a whole. When a company like this is formed, um, Two things generally happen, right? It goes from one generation to another generation, as in your example, yeah. or the company gets to a certain point of growth, yeah. and then the shareholders, the uh, investors, or whomever decide that they want an exit situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to sell off the company yeah. to an international conglomerate yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Do you have in mind the, the the future kind of roadmap of what you want to do? Is an exit strategy something you've thought about, mm-hmm. or is it like I want to pass it on to my, you know? I have kid, no kids yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I would foresee, I
0: mean, like when I grow older, he's still very young.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. But but it is not um, about just, uh, you know, passing down through the generation. I mean, that is very traditional kind of thoughts. For sure. I could pass it to anyone who is capable and yeah. have the ability to lead the company yeah. to uh, greater futures. Yeah. And, you know, the th- plan that I was thinking about it is on the mergers and acquisitions with other um, companies or Even competitors, Mm. and uh, even to um, take the offers of reverse takeover, yeah, it might be a good choice to um, take that opportunities to uh, go listed, and we can get more funds um, in expansions of our plants because we always have big plans and big dreams, but Mm. we need the fund to come in, of course, yeah, to fulfill their dreams. You know, we wanted to always wanted to build a green and technology-driven warehouses in Johor mm. um, to make it as a key um, solutions in Southeast Asia that is helping MNC companies to distribute mm. their products. And,
1: uh, you know, by having that concept, we need a lot of funds to come in. <laughs> yeah, People, if you're listening, just just pay attention, right? <laughs> okay, uh, that, that's all I have time for then today. Uh, thank you so much for coming, thank th- you. For coming in, Chen Hong. I've really enjoyed today's chat.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Folks, if uh, you want to get in touch uh, with the show or listen back to our discussion, of course, the podcast will be up shortly after this, wherever you normally get your podcast from. You can check it out on our website at bfm.my, of course, or download the BFM app. That's available in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. I have been speaking with Lo Chun Hong, the CEO of Horfat Enterprises. This has been open for business here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. you open for business? Register your company with BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business
1: Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.